0: underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com controversial
1: subjects with the facts can be tense but we are a sub here to make things make sense
2: today we are talking about gene editing in humans it's here y'all for a variety of controversial intense scary but also promising reasons we're going to get into it all today but first we're going to talk about cats versus conservation and ear health okay so okay we have to to start off the top (laughs) by saying thank you so much for listening this year and if you could Mm. leave a comment on Apple iTunes. I mean, podcast app. Wherever you're listening. Or YouTube. A review, a five star. And and send an episode from this year to one of your friends and family that would help us with the algorithm. This is us trying to promote a podcast. (laughs) We always say we're going to do it. We never do, but you know, we're coming to the end of the year. We just thought, what better time? The gift of giving. That's what you can give us for Christmas. Scan (laughs) through this year and be like, oh wow, an episode about how great mushrooms could be. (laughs) Send that to a close friend and maybe you have a Little trip down memory lane. Or no, my gay friend who got food poisoning, he probably was eating ass. Yeah. That should eat, go to them. <laughs> the eating ass episode. You could also send that to specific friends. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be gay, but you <laughs> never know. Um, I have, I have, I I want to get into our stuff because I think it's so interesting, but I, I do. Th- I'm like, I think I have seasonal affective disorder and it makes me feel better to think that than to think I'm just um, depressed. But don't
1: (laughs) you get scared when you're like, it's just begun. Well,
2: okay, (laughs) so no, I did my research and it starts late fall usually. Late fall, early winter are usually sometimes the worst times because it's when the days are the shortest. Yeah, like we're coming up on the shortest day of the year yes. in like 10 days. Or something. And it's literally like this. They're like, yeah, the sunlight helps your body make serotonin. And they're like, do you feel hopeless? I'm like, check. They're like, do you feel, <laughs> are you sleeping more? I'm always waking up like, oh, a solid 10 to 11 hours. Oh like, my God. It's not like sleeping more. I'm like, it's so interesting how much I sleep in the winter. That's so great for my body. And then You're I'm You're so like, lucky. I actually cannot sleep past a certain time it's so annoying well that might be a good thing because it said seasonal affective disorder one example is that you sleep a lot wow so it's not like necessarily a good thing
1: like i want to sleep more and then i'm just like well i guess i'm just here even though i'm tired i might as well get up and i have a weird thing where in the morning i it's so stupid and i'm sure other people were like actually am like excited to have my coffee if i wake up and think about coffee i'm like well i want to get up now what it's so comforting and cozy to me to like get my coffee sit on the couch especially if you're not awake yet because then it's just like it's my little quiet time and even ernie is like still asleep he doesn't even rustle so it's like my little time
2: to myself in the morning okay well that's cute at least you're excited for the day i'm like i don't want to get up because then i have to be in reality
1: yeah no that's fair but sometimes i'm just like but i'm tired why won't my body let
2: me fall back asleep I think that's like extremely normal. Okay. I'm talking about my issues here, which <laughs> okay, is that wow. I have a depression a where I either. sleep too much. <laughs> God, I just wanted to like for once be the one with an ailment, but you had to swoop in and Scary. can't sleep.
1: Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about it? I'm sorry. I did not mean to steal No, no, no. Not at all. I, I don't want to are talk okay, about it. So, okay, what, well, no, no, are you okay, Greg? Okay. Well, let's get into what we learned this
2: week. No, I, I'm not. Vul- I don't. I have vulnerability issues. Eye. I have vulnerability issues. What can we do issues. for you here?
1: Is this going, I, people need
2: to leave a review I will, yeah, and okay. that will get rid of yes. your sad. Okay, leave a review and I'll get rid of my sad. <laughs> a good one, please. Yeah. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, there have been a few that are like, that Greg guy just talks about random shit all the time. He's the worst. And it's like, that's oh. not going to help my sad. Okay.
1: Next. Okay. Oh,
2: what did we learn this week?
1: You go first. Well, okay. Mine, I at first sounded boring, but I think it's really cool. Actually, it never sounded boring. It's about ear health, which is what I thought. Maybe it sounded boring, but it turns out your ear health may impact your vision. No. And I was thinking of you specifically because yeah. you're always blasting music in your ears, yeah. but it's not specifically about that. So basically, in 2018, they realized that your ears make a subtle noise, non-detectable to you, but detectable to a machine, uh, when your eyes move. And then they've done a new study, a a follow-up study, where they realized they can predict where your eyes are looking and how they're moving by listening only to the sounds from your ears. Like the squishy of your eyeball? It's like apparently the movement of your eye, there's like a nerve connected and it makes a noise in your ear and they're not totally sure why, but they can detect that with like an uh, like a little wow. sound detector at your ear and without even seeing like he's eye, looking left literally like they were oh able to track God. those movements which and the reverse was true too they could track your eyes and predict what waveform would be coming out of the ears obviously they use like complicated systems to first figure out this and then they were able to be like it's working it's it's whoa um, pr- what's the word it's pr- predicting what those things will be Um, and it's just like reinforced this idea that like your ears and eyes are connected. And I know this is like a silly anecdotal thing, but how, like when you are, we've done that video on like when you're driving and why you turn down the music when you're trying to concentrate, like a lot of people who also, I saw this was a comment I think on Reddit where somebody was like, oftentimes like vision problems and hearing problems are interconnected and also linked to ADHD. (laughs) So like no. some, some of these conditions, you know how they say even for like Alzheimer's, like hearing issues can yeah. be
2: like uh, what's the word? Um, Pre. Yeah, like oh, my brain is just not on. Yeah. Pre sign. <laughs> Welcome to our. Welcome to our pod science podcast. <laughs> make sure you quote and it's write that factor, in
1: your paper. Right? Um, Risk but, factor. That's yeah, there's better. another version of that word that I can't think of right now. Uh, but it's just kind of interesting how, like, it's important to think about the health of both those things and how they interplay, and that maybe hearing loss could impact vision, and
2: maybe vision loss Fudge. or vision damage could impact hearing ability. I, like, want to be a painter, but I have obliterated my ears since the dawn of time for me. I'm so curious, like, when... And if your hearing will go because that is I, so rude. Mitch. no, no, I'm no, 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 no. I didn't freaking mean it out about that.
1: No, I more just meant like you. I don't know anyone in my life that listens to music and thi- like anything. There's always headphones on your ears. <laughs> that, that's not a lie, is it? I just no, I don't it's mean this not. that's a why I'm way. like,
2: that's why I gasp. Like, I'll just be curious to Wait, see. Wait, I really want podcast episode ideas. I want to do one about hearing aids because to this day, I'm relying on the fact that Bose like. Did a study two or three years ago where I read about and they were working on this tech that will like essentially like I'll just have a bose hearing, hearing aid right. that will be in my ear to make me hear when I'm older, plus blast music until I absolutely <laughs> croak. Like I like the way I read the study, that's why I'm like, okay, it's coming up, people, because like Bose What are they called? Headphones? No. Um I just said the word. Like- Oh what? Like I wasn't listening. Hearing aids. Oh, okay. Like, like that a is account. what I'm relying on. So I truly like last night was literally
1: at. You're the- just like yeah. Okay, though that sounds a little like everyone relying on like climate change tech to save the planet.
2: I know, but this one's like, a little less complicated. You know what I mean? I'm like, at least, sorry, like no offense, but kind of change is so drastically complicated. My cochleas, the little snail-like yeah. organ in my ear, I'm sorry, it's a little more simple. Actually, maybe not. It's hooked up to neurons and that's mm-hmm. really scary. But I was at Doja Cat, the concert last night, and it was just like, you know, me, 35-year-old man with like a bunch of what, 19-year-old girlies, <laughs> absolutely like exploding my eardrums. Like I was just like, oh my god it's yeah. happening again like even when I'm taking my headphones off I'm going to a concert where the bass is ruptured like obviously the girls just scary are screaming and joyful and I'm like I'm old now and also I was like it's so sad because I'm here because I love Doja Cat and she's so talented but in my head I was like I think these girls think I'm probably like the Globe and Mail reviewer <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know, they're like, well, should have had a clipboard to just be like, that's. Why I know. I'm here. I was like, he, they're like, he's not here with any kids. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a kid with him. <laughs> and I was with Brian, who's like, you know, my bro friend. So his vibe is like, I wasn't giving like the two gay guy vibes. It was right. sort of like. I was giving a great g- dad, a Golden Mail reviewer, and we were front row of the 300 section. So I was able to sit at certain times and kind of nod my head so that if people look to me, they might be like, oh, he's internalizing for his article yesterday. He's writing his story, his review. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, that's part of ears, the reason my ears I, were messed from it. Uh, like, I, in general, don't love concerts just because it's like a little bit claustrophobic. It's an overstimulating environment for me, but that's one of the things is like it actually hurts my ears. Some yeah. concerts. That's why I love like, orchestra concerts in like well, smaller like venues where it's yeah not it's just, not gonna
2: there were moments like the whole first half i was like just enjoying myself wasn't thinking about it then there was just like this one song that was just like ow like it was like a <laughs> bassy song does that make sense like mm-hmm. it di- it was only for like two songs that i was like turn it down doja like you're you're <laughs> ruining us whereas like every other time the volume was fine know what song it was and it brought me back to something and then we'll move on. Remember that TikTok trend where it Ding. was like, what? Oh, what was the TikTok Oh, grab Simon at the face. Isn't that thing dark thing? You know that? Yeah, but that's the SZA part. Oh, okay. So was, she I did see, that okay. song and I was like, had my phone out ready to do the Limp because I went to the SZA concert. Again, mm-hmm. I go to a million concerts and like truly thousands of people did the Limp wrist. It was so cute and I wish I'd filmed it. Uh-huh. Had my hand out and everything and then like when the SZA part came, which is the song ended because it's like she's not says that oh you know what i mean like, <laughs> like she's not gonna just like <laughs> dance while we listen to this i was like hey damn it but um oh what was i gonna say Shoot. another tiktok trend from Dojo oh Bet. my god it's like from so long ago and it's like when tiktok truly is like <laughs> it's disgusting but remember when there'd be like well i mean i'm gay so there'd be a guy in like a doorway and it would be like a like happy song. And sometimes he'd be like literally be dressed as like a nerd. And, and then, then it would like, go and, like and it would red. turn red. Yeah. And then he'd be like, like naked and his like bulge would show. And like his or, shirt, like his muscles would be yes. like. Yes. Or like my straight What's friend was song? like, oh, the girl was, it would be like, like a girl sexy. being like, oh. And then all of a sudden. Like in a bikini. And, like, Okay. It's called Streets by Doja Cat. I didn't know that. And I was kind of like, oh my God, what? It starts very like, like the trend. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, Brian, like. What and then like he kinda like looked at me and we both and then all of a sudden it was like and then she <laughs> became red and sexy and it was like, damn, she's like, like yeah. she's taken over TikTok totally. in a crazy way. And that was the song that hurt my ears. And I was like, I don't even like this song. It's reminding me of like horny TikToks. <laughs> and I did kind of look around at all the girls and were like, are all these like girls like reminiscing of like when some hot guy like turned <laughs> like naked? Cause they were all it's such a sexy song, and they were all so serious and into it. And I was like, This is like TikTok is like sexualizing people. Yeah, I mean,
1: most a lot of social media is like that. Yeah. Like, you go to my Instagram search bar, it's just like, okay, I'm obviously distracted. Like I know. Sometimes it's I'll be porn. like Oh, I want to see like what Greg posted, and I'll like go on Instagram and yeah. go to search, and I'll just be like, oh, what? It's just like all jacked, shirtless men, and, and of almost course like, I'm like three- then I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Almost I love how you're like wanting to see what Greg posted. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I sometimes be hard. (laughs) 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 But okay, also the the Instagram like Instagram guys, I'm like, this is like almost like 3D animated, like grotesque bodies. Like, yeah. when I look at the grid, I'm like, wait, these don't look like, nor- like, they no. look like mutants. Like, there's yeah. this one guy who's always on mine. I'm like, I guess I did click. <laughs> but it's like, he... So extreme. It's so extreme. I'm like, is it steroids or is it like a computer program? Not Like, like are they editing it or yeah. something? Or just like perfect lighting? Yeah, because or... I'm sure if I saw him in real life, I'd probably like drop my bag. It's and a get, lot like, to scared. look at, yeah. Anyways, um, I haven't even done my yeah, <laughs> we learned this on. week. Make it short and snappy. Okay. <laughs> so... It's about outdoor cats because as a bird watcher, I learned that they are one of, okay, I guess there's a bit of misinformation around this. They are one of the largest killers of birds, Okay, but they do predominantly kill like very common birds, like not necessarily like endangered ones right? because there's so many of them. Not not that that excuses it, but like- But birds that live in the cities are often like- Birds that are in high numbers. Right. Yeah. And it like, is it is still bad. Like a lot of bird are like, please just yeah, keep your sad. cats inside. Because yeah. I think that and I'll get to why that's really important to keep your cats inside. But the there's a lot more other human involved issues as to why rare birds are declining, like deforestation, right. habitat loss. And even like raccoons and rats are in areas where there's like affecting birds? Yeah, where there's like more like rural areas, like where there's breeding and stuff, like eating the young eggs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like cats get a really bad rep, yeah, because they're like partially
1: controlled by humans. Like, they're it's like yes, okay, some that's people don't true. let their cats yeah. out, and some cats are indoor outdoor, and cats.
2: they're considered like an invasive species because they're not. It's meant to be It's just hard
1: here. because it's like, of course, I understand why people want to let their cats outside. Assuming like I would be afraid uh, to like. Have my cat get hit by a car or something, but there's a level of like, that's beautiful. Like, let your pet have freedom and get to go explore and come home and then like snuggle up with
2: you. But, it's Obviously like, it's like the murdered like of that. two like yeah, just finches. Like, oh, hey, cutie. <laughs> um, so a new meta analysis went through like a bunch of studies on what domestic cats eat. So it turns out that they're considered indiscriminate predators. So they truly will kill eat anything, anything they can catch. <laughs> so it's like, they're not like, you know, like, they're not like, I only for, want like, uh, one house finch that they want to eat. They're like, they'll eat anything. So 47% of what they eat are birds. 22 percent were reptiles 21 reptiles yeah in, okay obviously this is across where was this this is in the americas and some in europe it's okay. a meta-analysis of like all the information like obviously out. not toronto <laughs> what what
1: reptiles would you be eating outside like
2: well it says that there's three percent were amphibians there's frogs there's uh,
1: yeah i guess
2: there's lizards
1: uh, like when do you see lizards near
2: our house? On rocks in parks. <laughs> there's reptiles in Toronto. They're just you know. I like have not seen a reptile just like running around Toronto. Yeah, obviously there's not a lot. Sure in Florida there's a lot more getting eaten, but this is not just Toronto. <laughs> twenty one. Okay, so forty seven percent birds, twenty two percent reptiles, twenty one percent mammals, six percent insects, three percent amphibians. Okay. And the worrying part is that seventy percent of all the species they ate were considered conservational conservationally concerned or endangered uh, what percentage sorry 17 percent. Oh, okay That's so it's like yeah yeah so it's not like as high right. but it like the majority of what
1: they're doing is not impact not like a worry to like the environment or the ecology yeah but uh, but, but they uh, end the nearly study by one being fifth like of their things is yeah
2: yeah that by being like this is why we need to have more awareness around keeping your cats inside as more and more species like decline mm. Mm. I don't really know why I chose that one, but I think it's because we just of love love cats and at that outdoor yeah. cat the other day. And then um, it just did make me think that I was yeah. like, no, if I, I had a cat, yeah. I'd probably keep it inside. But yeah, then what I'd be sad? sad about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even with Ernie, I feel sad about that sometimes. He's absolutely fine. No, he's okay. fine. I know, I know, I know. But he can go to the park and stuff and play like cats don't have that. You know what I mean? Like dogs are more social in that way, so you can go outside can go on you can a hike put, through the park with them yeah, then, yeah like yeah. whereas a cat I mean some cats go on leashes
2: yeah you can put them in those little like cat bags but with the like circle there's something sad like, to
1: feel about an animal being trapped inside forever yeah right total, like totally. that like can, that gets to me even with a dog which I take outside
2: every day I sort of am like are you trapped here yeah. I hope you like it no he would be <laughs> obliterated by a car in 10 minutes he needs to be in yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um let's get into gene editing this is wild I'm obsessed Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If you take a look at search trends, interest in learning a new language is only increasing over time, and there tends to be a spike in the new year as it's a perfect time to pick up a new hobby like learning a new language. And with Babbel, you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. I freaking love Babbel. As you know, I'm obsessed with Bad Bunny, La Rosalia, Raul Alejandro. So, <laughs> I truly use it as a way for me to start to understand the music more and I'm loving learning it. I'm thinking I'm getting better at Spanish and the way that the conversation techniques work on the app, I honestly feel like I'm like talking to someone in Spanish, which is like a really important part of learning a language. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but again, only for our listeners, at babbel.com sidenote. So get 55% off at babbel.com sidenote spelt B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash side note. Rules and restrictions may apply. Study Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time the future is here it truly is
1: (laughs) okay today we are talking about gene editing which you've probably heard about it feel like it's become popularized in the last decade or so you've probably heard of CRISPR, which is a gene editing tool which we'll talk a bit about Um, but we wanted to focus on like the advancements specifically in humans because there's been gene editing you know tests on mice and other species of plants plants like tests in agriculture uh, but we've kind of moved Actually, to the Actually, a lot of, like,
2: probiotic yogurt and stuff is, like, gene edited. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, like, how they're, like, the To, probiotics. like, specif-
1: specify them to, like, do certain things. Yeah, and things.
2: why, like, probiotics have become so much more advanced. Huh. Just one example of, like, you're not probably thinking about Yeah,
1: that. There's, there's a lot of stuff that is not only genetically modified, but, like, affected with CRISPR. It's, it's a really fascinating... Um, technology that's like transforming our world bit by bit but we're moving into the phases of human trials on diseases like actually putting this into humans and potentially curing diseases and then the big question is like what is the consequence of being able to modify not just a living person's genome but maybe like a fetus's genome and what are the implications of that so it's a big topic We'll, we'll only cover like parts of it but it's definitely something that I feel like even in university we were like kind of being told a little well, bit about this. 2012
2: was when it was "quote unquote" discovered, and the Nobel Prize was a given to Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Sharp. <laughs> We've met her. Right?
1: Yeah, I know. We interviewed her, right?
2: Yeah, I kind of like. She's sort of the most memorable person because in my head yeah. it was like, like, you've changed like "You changed. <laughs> you like are going to be in textbooks." Yeah, um, for better or for worse.
1: I mean, obviously her work is incredible, but it's one of those technologies, kind of like AI, where people are like, "What?" is this gonna do in the people long People liken it to AI a lot in the studies I read. I think it's just because it has like, people see the potential for it and also at the mm. same time are able to go like, I can also see the potential for bad, right? Yes. Like it's such a yes. huge yes. technology True. that can transform people's bodies. <clears throat> And like people get scared of like genetic modification of people and like discrimination around like genetic modification and things like that. So yeah. I
2: think that's why it feels like AI where it's like it could get out of control. So the best like analogy that you've probably maybe heard, if not, is that it's like scissors. <laughs> <laughs> I think i are going to say scissor. It's like scissor. It's very beautiful, poetic Joni Mitchell of our time. Um, but yeah, so like it it is really complicated to explain it's why they say CRISPR cas9 gene editing because that's the protein so that's that the is.
1: specific kind of CRISPR. which yeah. in part of my study i'm going to talk about how there actually are different
2: CRISPRs. um but it finds like a palindrome literally in gene sequences a where palindrome. a palindrome, right isn't is that a palindrome word?
1: like something that goes forward and backwards yeah
2: it finds that it sequence, finds a sequence of but DNA. it is a palindrome that always it, that's when it knows where to cut in well, the dna sequence always yeah cas9 okay wait why does yours not no i don't know I don't, don't question me <laughs> oh wait but no your new one is not palindrome. i wasn't going to talk about that i don't oh. know i don't know the specifics of oh that. either way it's a way that the protein is able to find they first found it in E. Coli. they were like oh wow like it will cut the dna in specific parts so they literally you figured out how to use this bacterial essentially the way bacteria deals like with defend viruses. With viruses yeah it uses that concept to then be able to cut DNA in different biological things. So you can cut out parts of DNA. You can maybe replace parts of DNA, et cetera. That's like, yeah, because viruses typically are like inserting bad DNA to replicate their bodies, whether in
1: humans or in bacteria. And so this is a way for bacteria to like find that viral DNA or RNA and stop it from replicating and like save their own bodies. And the CRISPR, the technology it kind of comes in two parts. Like one part of it recognizes and binds to the virus. And then the other part is what can cut it or mess up the genetic material so that uh, the virus can't replicate. So those two parts together, like are able to functionally find DNA. And so what humans have started using it for, whether it's in plants or mice or humans is can we target specific DNA sequences with this Like, tell it to go after that, cut it out or change it, and ultimately either get rid of traits or amplify traits or, you know, modify genes however we want. That's, like, a huge implication because we have, as you know, so much DNA in our bodies. But as we learn more and more and process through, like, the human genome, we're able to go, like, okay, this is the part of the genes that actually impact this Maybe disease or like the color of your eyes or other traits. So can we target those and change that DNA by putting CRISPR in there and like targeting it towards
2: something we want? It's truly so intense. It, like, It is like the quote unquote playing God, you know? Yeah, it, it, could, it could be. And in fact, we will get into the controversial man who did use it in, uh, on children <laughs> on children yeah so as we'll do that we'll save that for the end we'll edge you to that cuz it is a crazy story every <laughs> time i read about it i'm like i can't believe this happened and is real it's true sci-fi vibes mm. and i don't know why hollywood had i mean has china's seen. probably like you can't make this movie <laughs> um, but it, it has absolute hollywood energy but before that, I was going to talk about sickle cell anemia, which is the most up-to-date oh, okay. recent so maybe, use of it, but what's yours?
1: Yeah, well, mine was a new nature study that came out this November, 2023. Basically, um, they have created an algorithm that can analyze millions of genetic sequences. So they're looking at bacteria uh, and their sequences to see if they can find similar CRISPR. Using AI? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know how this stuff works, right? But they basically, by using this, they discovered new CRISPR enzymes. So... As oh. of now, before this study, there's six categories of CRISPRs. One to six is just like what they're called. Cas9 is the famous one. Like CRISPR oh, Cas9 gotcha. is like,
2: I think because it's been the most applicable and most useful in terms of what it actually is. In my does. head, it's called CRISPR Cas9 gene editing. Anytime I've said CRISPR, I've always said CRISPR Cas9 gene yeah, editing. That's, I think that's <laughs> the one that
1: scientists are using, but yeah. that's considered a type two CRISPR. Whoa. Um, and so there are other CRISPR types. And they have different properties. Imagine you were like, ranch, barbecue, salt and vinegar. (laughs) I'm like, "Eh, man. I mean, they should name them fun like that. Uh, But basically, like, they can be useful for different applications. I think Cas9 has just ended up being the most useful. So this new algorithm looked at hundreds of thousands of genomes. And it found CRISPR genes by clumping, like, similar genes that looked like the other CRISPRs. What they found was 130,000 genes that were similar to CRISPR but 188 that had never been seen before. Uh, so they basically now are starting to test these 188 to be like, what do they do? How do they work? Can they be applicable huh. for how we can use these CRISPRs? So as you guys mentioned, like CRISPR can affect DNA in a different way. It can... Um, like, now they realize some of them unwind the DNA. Some of them cut the DNA. Some of them insert sequences. Hmm. Uh, and now one of the new ones, it's like, it targets RNA. Uh, and that hmm. was, this new one's dubbed type 7. So they only had six types before, and now they have seven. Because it's an RNA one? Yeah. They think that they probably won't find... It'll be really hard to find other CRISPRs because they've looked so much. And they think if they do find new ones, they'll be super rare either because they're not that effective or only really niche organisms use them for like Hmm. a very specific environment or something like that, you know, or very specific viruses. Cool. So now they're at the stage where they're like, we need to study these and find out what they do and figure out like, how can we use these other CRISPRs in gene
2: editing? It is like, okay, I just have to say like my, from my um, uh, joke earlier, is CRISPRs the snack Canadian? Oh, the ranch. The t- like. I feel like all snacks are like localized. Cause I'm oh. just like, now nah, are people going to be like, why did he say ranch and barbecue? And I'm like, it's because there's a <laughs> snack called CRISPR, which are delicious. Are you looking at that No, I'm saying, do you know that CRISPR stands for clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. Uh, so I'm saying when you're saying all these CRISPRs, it's like they're meaning palindromic right. repeats in DNA. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Cause I like earlier you were like always. Oh, and I was like, wait, no, I'm like, it is because that's the. I acronym. knew they were repeats, and that's how
1: it finds the segments. I just didn't really. Like, but if you think about it you're
2: talking about an algorithm that's obviously looking for palindromic mm-hmm. repeats, and that's yeah. what it's calling it a CRISPR. Got it. Okay. So again, we should probably make that clear. CRISPR stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats in DNA. CRISPR with an E is a baked. <laughs> Snack. Canadian potentially snack. Potentially Canadian snack. Please, one of your comments on this podcast could very much be no, we're in America. We love crispers. No, we're actually invented in Britain. <laughs> and I do remember loving them because they said baked and in the 90s, baked meant healthy, healthy. and so <laughs> my parents would buy me crispers and I would dummy <laughs> a bag and be like, well, it's not a fried potato chip so I just ate a salad. <laughs> a ranch salad. Oh, and know how I would do it? I would place it on a tongue like a Listerine strip and I would lick I would flip that's it over, the right way to I do would it lick See, and then I would eat a soggy cracker after
1: I told you the other day I saw Greg eating chips and he was just like scarfing them I scarf
2: chips down in like fact, he'll he'll get like
1: 10 in his hand and eat them yeah, all at once yeah. but you know when you get a good chip I'm like lick one side lick I hate other. watching
2: you eat chips. but also then you get we're on side note y'all <laughs> I hate we're on crisper side now. I hate watching but <laughs> you just said that's what you do with a crisper because it's a crisper it's not a chip <laughs> it's not that different no, even with crispers, I'll put twenty in my mouth and crunch, crunch. <laughs> also with chips, when I get to like one quarter of the bag left, I beat it like a beat it.
1: Beat no, it. you crush it and you drink crush it. Crush it
2: and then I drink it. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: know. So I was who's the to. sick one now?
2: No, well it's just like frustrating because we're like in the basement. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna be bad. We're gonna have bags of chips, and you reach in. You're like, because gib- then it lasts a so long. A I'm like, are you kidding? It's gonna take you four hours to eat this bag. Yeah, God. and I'm gonna savor every Ugh. little bite. It's just the willpower <laughs> is too strong. Okay, so the reason that CRISPR-Cas9, I'm gonna say Cas9, not one of these other types, mm-hmm. is in the news right now, is because in the UK they've approved the treatment for sickle cell anemia disease, which is. A disease that I weirdly, like I worked at a camp with kids with sickle cell anemia and it's like, I have thought about this disease a lot and learned a lot about it. And it's like, this is so exciting and promising, Mm. but essentially, so sickle cell anemia is a blood condition where your body produces hemoglobin shaped like a sickle, like a sickle. Mm. So, which once was described to me when I was at this camp by nurses as a banana Mm. shape other people. Like instead said, of like, being round, it's like, yeah, a sickle moon and, is yeah. like an example, which is really awful because then the blood clots or clogs, it's gets sticky. And then essentially there's like blood clots that happen inside people with sickle cell anemia so that the oxygen can't get to your muscles or tissue. And they describe the pain, like being stabbed or shot constantly. Mm, like when those happen. Yeah. And they happen quite often. It's like so awful. Mm-hmm. And I think, Another aspect of this is okay so there is in when you have sickle cell anemia or it's a recessive trait or the recessive trait you are unable to get malaria. So that's why this disease and disorder proliferates. And mm-hmm. it's something like 1 out of 365. Sorry, I'm going to go back again. It proliferates a lot more in places where there are malaria. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so in places like North America, it's like a predominantly people who are black have sickle cell anemia, which is another reason because science and medicine is racist. We all know that You can go to many episodes on this podcast about how that works. Um, it's compl- it's like very underfunded. It's like not taken very seriously. There's so much pain involved that people like doctors will be like, Oh, you're in pain. It's like, no, they're like dealing with like, mm-hmm. I'm just like. Like it, an actual condition that's yes. a disease. and, and like, if it was just like a bunch of white kids in plain, like, right. I don't know, we wouldn't be relying on CRISPR right now. It probably would have been like other types of medical forms that would have happened. That's my opinion. But it is um, odd and interesting that it has this like malarial resistance. And it was like one in 365 black kids are born with sickle cell anemia in America, whereas one in five will have the trait I see, like carry the recessive trait. Yes. Yeah. So if you think of like Punnett squares, mm-hmm. you need like a lot of parents won't have sickle cell anemia. They'll just have the trait. They'll have, get together. They'll have mm. a kid. And then the kid has a higher has a of, one in four yeah. chance of having sickle cell. That's right. how it's like proliferates. Yeah. So there are a lot of people with sickle cell anemia across the world, but there's also not maybe enough. We'll get to it later for this to be cheaper. It, we're mm-hmm. at the really interesting point of this. So how it works, which is like so interesting is that, they take the bone marrow of people with sickle cell anemia out. Then they use CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing to, to change the ge- the genes in the hemoglobin of those cells. They're stem cells, right? Yeah, like from their bone stem marrow. Cells? Yeah, I see. But what? Okay, this is what. Because then the idea is that those can proliferate, right? Okay, so this is the part that's confusing, but also so clever, and why are like scientists are just oh so smart. There's this gene called BCL11A. And what it does is it turns off the production of this specific type of hemoglobin that only is produced in fetuses. So every person, including people with sickle cell anemia, will produce hemoglobin when they're in a fetus through a separate pathway. And then as they grow up and they become adults, whatever... This gene is like, no, no, stop with that fetus hemoglobin okay. and we're going to move into should, this like, next, or yeah, like adult hemoglobin living when you have sickle cell anemia. It's that adult hemoglobin that's sickle celled. Okay. So there, what they do is they take out the bone marrow and essentially they take out just picture of the stem cells of some sickle cell anemia. They take that gene that turns off the fetal mm-hmm. um, version hemoglobin, hemoglobin, which is like properly shaped. They cut that gene out. So now, when they put the stem cells back in and the gene-edited genes get back into the person, they're no longer having that gene that turns off those fetal... And they have fetal hemoglobin that goes through them that's properly shaped. Wait, how did taking out the fetal gene turn on the fetal gene? No, not taking out the fetal so gene. They're taking out, out the, the gene that turns one. off
1: the fetal gene. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah. now it's like it's permanently turned on. It's like, yeah. And it's the a f- stem cell, so if, yeah. as it like proliferates, it's making more the, of those in the body.
2: Essentially, the fetal... Version of version the of the hemoglobin can which proliferate shape proliferates because they take wow. out the gene that turns it off. That's really cool, isn't that fucking cool? And so cool? they're
1: doing this with CRISPR. <laughs> Sorry, let me know with CRISPR. As it's in like a petri dish, like this is taken yes. out of the body, and then using the, CRISPR to yes. target that area yes. and remove it. But the this ish, still blows my mind. That's so cool. Like, how I know. did people like? I know. I know this is obvious, but this is all microscopic. How the hell did people figure out like we can literally take these blood cells and? edit it as yeah. though it's like a piece of fabric yeah. and like our needle is literally this other thing that we actually took from a bacteria and are using that as our scissors and then sewing it back together and putting that back in the human body. like And also, at le- yeah. and also being
2: like, Oh we yeah, in the future. remember the fetal hemoglobin yeah. we all have? Like like someone, that's why I think it's so clever. It's on like top kind of it of- all, like backwards it, thinking turning yeah. off adult to get fe- like, it's just like, yeah. well, thank God nature created that random fetal hemoglobin
1: and that people were smart enough to also learn about the body and be like, there's actually two different levels of this. Ugh. And if we focus on the fetal cause obviously the an instinct would be like, how do you fix the adult hemoglobin? But somebody smart enough was like, yeah. if the fetal version is working, take how do out we the turn gene that that turns stops it on the adult? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so smart. And a lot of the body's interesting in that way, where sometimes what's actually happening is like the. How do I say this? Like, even like, you know, like. Oh, like when turning it comes to on and off? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's actually like you have to turn something off, like nitric oxide or whatever, for you to get a boner. There's like an active signal that's yeah, stopping you from being uh, physically aroused. Things
2: that feel active are just turning, turning off, off something, else, something else. And
1: then that allows it to happen. Yeah. So it's interesting how that's like. The body Negative feedback. Yeah, no. I don't know. I no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's like hit the limit of ours. not like we are a science podcast based on when we do research right before we talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you mean like getting a boner. <laughs> I
1: didn't mean to have to bring no, that up. I and I'm saying it is in as like a <laughs> scientific and a respectful way as possible. Like I'm not trying to link these but two. Okay. Also,
2: I was looking at our, and if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know this. I was looking at like upcoming video ideas. I was like, Hey, what should we do this week? And it, in capital letters, it says cock rings. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know how much research we're going to have on that one, but I'm like, no. we'll talk about nitrous oxide more in that yeah. episode. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So the thing is that, Then after they put the newly edited gene cells, like infuse them back into the body, they have to essentially be monitored for a month in the hospital. To see that it's like working properly. Yeah, that the gene cells are taken up properly. And so in this study, this is the one in the UK of of 54 people. um, Okay, I'm trying to do the math. Of 54 people, only 29... Were monitored for long enough to be included in this study. Okay. And then 28 of those people um, had no debilitating episodes of pain for a year after treatment. Wow. So, in theory, it's like obviously this is so new that they yeah. need to keep waiting. It's like it's worked it's for It's working. Now. And there's like, wor- there's a world where it's a one-time one time, like one and fix. done fix. Like their body now is yes. producing hemoglobin. Which is like, some might call a cure, but then it's like, but it's so early. It's so early. Those things could change over time. But as of now, that's like super promising, but then leads to that issue of it's $2 million per person right now. Because if you think about all of
1: not so many people who have, it's not like, yeah, well,
2: I was thinking, okay, it was hard to get a clear answer. Like a lot of it was about demand. And as more and more companies get the technology, it will create a, Supply like and demand war. situation where the price should go down. But yeah. also it's like, okay, if you're in the hospital for a month after, that's a mm-hmm. lot of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. There's like a huge cost. There's stem cost shell transfusions, there's all these things, but there's like a huge cost to it, which will go down, obviously, as the technology, that's just, you know, you can understand how that works. But it is a huge part of this new conversation right now. If you're listening to this, like you are on the cutting edge of this information and it's it's so exciting in one breath, and then in another breath, it's like, 2 million dollars per yeah, person. Like even
1: if and how? when it's like approved, yeah, how do people actually yes. get access? And to then
2: this? that's in like you know, the richest countries in the world. Yeah. The sickle cell anemia affects a lot of extremely poor con- countries. Yeah. It's just like it's just so fr- sad when my,
1: like you're just like okay. I mean, but obviously the intention from like a scientist's perspective is to get this to the people who need it and hopefully the systems oh my God. will be built around yes. it to help amplify that and there is a lot of hopefully work that goes around this that's philanthropic that can like help fund something like this and it's so new that it's like okay it to places that actually need it
2: yeah like I can imagine like in our lifetime it'll get cheaper and like there was one doctor I listened to talk about how he like he's in Toronto and works at sick kids with sickle cell anemia and he's just like you know, I'll be like so happy if I don't have to like, if my job goes away. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. we can get to the point, he's he's cautiously optimistic is like what he said, that there's a world where he might have like a completely different type of job that's maybe just around this, not around treating yeah. people with sickle cell Totally, pneumonia.
1: yeah. Obviously that's like probably like so sad to have to see that. And, yeah. and knowing that there's a cure on the horizon for your patients who have been like suffering their whole lives. And know?
2: it is like, I remember when, I worked at that camp. It was very differing how severe it was for different people. And so there is a cost benefit analysis of how you suffer. Yeah, Like what, like there's a lot of people at that camp. I know who would have really wanted this. Whereas there's others who might've been like, it's invasive. Right. I, is it
1: worth it? I can, I can yeah. push through the times that I have it cause it's not as bad. Yeah. As but it does, levels. it limits
2: your life on average by 20 years. It is so like intense as a um like disease i'm just noticing i didn't hit record on yeah cameras so i know it. i know i know i just <laughs> i just noticed that ex- this exact moment too that's okay we'll keep going. we'll just keep going. Yeah. yeah sorry youtube you're not getting this one <laughs> um yeah so anyways as someone who's interacted with it i i think it's a intense enough disease that i hope this just becomes something that I can proliferate and yeah. then as many people who need it can get it Okay, do we want to talk about that? The only other
1: thing I was going to bring up is one other version that they've done in humans. okay. And uh, the CRISPR one so interesting because they take it out and modify it. This was from a few years ago, but it's the first, I believe, medical example where they actually did it in a human. So this was... Um, Wait, as opposed to what? As opposed to taking the cells out of a human. And oh, and doing that. sickle gotcha. cell is related to your own cells, right? Yeah. In a way, this... Okay, so... Like that's been one of the biggest challenges with CRISPR. It's like how do you get it? We know what it can do. How do you get it in the body to do what you want? Like how can you like inject someone or put this in their body and hmm, then have it go affect their cells? And one of the hardest things I think with CRISPR in general is that there's like scientists are trying to figure out how can we get the specificity more and more cuz CRISPR still makes mistakes, right? And the stakes are high if you're editing somebody's genes especially not in their, bo- like, outside of their body, you don't want to give someone, like, a medicine or a drug that's going to edit their genes and then, like, do it wrong. Like, even though CRISPR-Cas9 targets a specific area, it can make a mistake is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, so this was a, like, fatal disease that ends up affecting the nerves and it causes heart disease. It's basically, like, toxic proteins that get created from the liver. The disease is called – I'm going to say this wrong – transthyretin amyl, amyloidosis, amyloidosis. Oh boy. Okay. So basically CRISPR has to go into the body and impact the liver because you're not going to like yeah. take the liver out and stop the liver Ew. from producing these toxic proteins. Yeah. They did a trial and gave this to some people and it actually uh, deactivated a mutated gene which causes those like uh, folded proteins to mess up in the liver that end up being uh, toxic. Um, wow. And so that was like a really cool other version of this because they were like giving it into the body as opposed to like taking out the cells
2: and modifying oh, wow. them. Okay, yeah. I didn't the know thing is, that. so
1: it said that the.
2: <laughs> it's like, since we're not filming for YouTube, I'm picking my nose. <laughs> Continue. Um,
1: it's like the amount of toxic cells went down by like 90 something percent, or maybe it was like 89 wow. percent or something like that. But. At the time, and I couldn't find a follow-up on this, maybe they're still waiting at the time, they were like, "We still don't know what the long-term implication of this is still like. Oh, that's said,
2: the same okay. kind of with the sickle on. Yeah, the one. they like, have to They yeah. knew they
1: had on a numbers wise, they had impacted these people's lives, but is this actually going to impact their symptoms? Is this yeah. going to change the way? they feel, is this going to like, what does the long term, is it a one time injection or do we have to like do this on a regular basis? So still a lot of questions. I was trying to find a follow up from this two year old study. I didn't. So there might still be one out there that I'm not aware of, but maybe there's an ongoing trial running to figure out like what was the long term implication on these people.
2: Yes. So this is like this form of gene editing is called like somatic and that it introduces like it's limited to the individual patient like getting this done. And then the scary thing is when you gene edit an embryo, which changes the DNA of the embryos, future eggs or sperm it's germline. Mm -hmm. So like that is why you might be like, okay, human gene there's, there's gene editing humans. That sounds so scary. Yeah. And, but like both of those are examples of like, it's not going to affect your germline. Yeah. But yeah, Editing human embryos for reproduction is like considered taboo in the world of genetic engineering, and there's like a lot of bioethics around like why that can never happen, mm. even though <laughs> our friend in China has already done that. Our friend, He <laughs> like, No, he was in jail for a bit. Yeah, that's the crazy, like true crime ass story that I'm <laughs> kind of like. There needs to be that podcast, the true crime eight series, yeah. NPR. To like,
1: I mean, sure there's something out there, but you're right. Or like at least like I haven't heard of it, but like, I
2: feel like it could be like, you know, a biggie. Yeah. But essentially this guy, when CRISPR became popular in 2012, um, took it upon himself. <laughs> it sounds so like, crazy to try and delete the gene CCR5 because um, essentially if you delete that gene in theory, you would not be able to get HIV. Mm. And HIV in China is extremely taboo. It's like very, like in order to get the people to be involved in this study, like they would never want anyone to know. Like it's just, it's a completely different culture there. And um, so he kind of like, it leaked to the press. Like someone found out that he had actually genetically modified embryos. Mm -hmm. There are two people living currently in this world, like for their own privacy, I think goodness people don't know who they are Right. but we know that there was yes yeah. have a deleted gene in their germline that will continue like it's actually so intense now mm-hmm. that i think about it i'm like what is actually going to happen so it was like leaked to the press right before he was about to go and talk about all the gene editing he'd done and like rice <laughs> rice oh my god rats and mice but then he like went on stage. This is the part I think is so dramatic and because of that leaked thing, he wanted to talk about like the rats and mice but then everyone was like, hi, is that trail that you Like people were literally like harassing like, him and he was really excited to tell the world that he'd done this. Like he, like people are right. like, he's actually like, obviously bioethicists are like what was he thinking and he th- was thinking he was doing a good thing for these kids right yeah like, yeah based on the way he's acted in public people are like it's not like he's like some, he didn't think he did something wrong exactly. he was like, i might
1: have gone did it secretly but it was for the in benefit. fact he's yeah.
2: out of jail and yeah. like thinking he's gonna keep going like yeah. it's like keep your yeah. eye on this whereas what we're talked about earlier are like you know, Jennifer Duden is happy about that stuff. That's yeah, it's not the, affecting your ethically questionable parts yes.
1: where like, I think, I mean, obviously there might be some people, but most everyone is like, yeah, let's tackle diseases that make people's and lives worse. And it's not going to affect when you reproduce your kid's life. Right. So then, and it's not like the fear of like modifying a child before they're even born, like in the fetus stage. Yes. It's like, oh, these are people we know have diseases and the diseases make their lives hard, let's actually help them. Not questionable. But when it, that's, yeah, the bigger ethics questions comes to like, A, modifying children because they don't have consent. And getting yeah. oh somebody's God, body for when they're going to create
2: progeny. Like they don't have, they're of a missing gene. Yeah, and like, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing if and it's also that, preventing a disease, but it's uh, yeah. like still questionable. The gene, it's like the CCR5 gene also like, has other implications like it makes kids taller like it does all these other right. things yeah, Like
1: lots of things aren't in a silo n- exactly it's like, no, especially the, when you're not doing it in a silo. what is that a phrase
2: I don't know but it made sense to me okay
1: because a silo is like contained yeah, right? yeah it sounds yeah.
2: good if not like coin it babes
1: because I'm like at the same time a silo has a lot of hay in it
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay essentially he was on stage and was like so excited that he'd done this it was leaked and he kind of had like an eager like yeah that was me that did that and then all the scientists were like and apparently you can watch videos of like it turning and his face he looks like so and then even like the chinese government was really excited by his research and thought like okay we're the ones and then when he like got back to his lab his lab was shuttered and the chinese government was like oh you're actually going to jail like they completely changed their tune because like it kind of was like the The public perception matters most yes the community of like science absolutely turned on him and so it it became this question of whether he felt what he did was wrong and i think based on my research he's out of jail he's wants to keep going and so there are those aspects of gene editing in humans we have to be aware of which is that some people think maybe this is the right thing to do well
1: i mean this is like a way too big a question for our podcast but like the ethics and morality of science has always been yeah it's why it's a new question different times have different opinions and like even thinking of like the studying of psilocybin and magic mushrooms like became so taboo that it turned so much potential research and now so many scientists are like this is an amazing drug that we could use to help people in so many ways so he and may, is he may sci-fi. think on the inside like this is an yeah. amazing thing, and I'm being reprimanded because the world's not ready for it. But I wasn't doing something yeah. that was meant to be malicious; it was meant to literally save lives. Whereas other scientists, and I think rightly so, are like these kind of things should go through like ethics communities, yes. and you can't just like go rogue and do it yourself. He truly, but someone like him rogue. might think it's the only way to push it forward.
2: It's a. That's what I mean. Sci-fi movie. Those are yeah. like stakes. Those are like moral. Like it's yeah, like somebody so who believes sci-fi. they're doing the right thing, but Do others
1: don't believe they're yeah, doing the right like, thing. Yeah,
2: I want a Hollywood movie, even if it's not about him directly. Like, like yeah. a I bet there will be movie. one day. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it hasn't like fully panned out yet. Like no, whatever. and I I kind of am just like, oh, the story's so fascinating. I just yeah, I want a podcast version because I want to I want to hear that. At
1: the end of the day, are you like? hopeful or scared about CRISPR? like what's your like
2: takeaway oh i think i'm hopeful well does sickle cell anemia thing makes me so hopeful yeah i'm left with hope from that cautious, yeah, me cautious too. optimism was used a lot
1: in I the studies like, i read it's it's so early and obviously like all the things it's being used for right now are so uh what's the word like good like It's for a good cause. And the the fear is lingering. And I guess it's not worth stopping great things from happening for a lingering fear. Yeah, totally. But I think it's worth, like AI, being like, what are the potential dangers of this? Don't let it stop us literally curing diseases. But let us take a breath and stop before we step into, like, the morally ambiguous areas where we can actually create rules before we just, like, go ahead and do it. It's
2: so AI energy. And if you are reading Nature magazine or any public science publication right now, Every article is about AI or CRISPR because mm. they actually now I'm like because I I'm kind of getting sick of it like reading about AI and <laughs> yeah. science and CRISPR I find more interesting but I'm still kind of like anything else going on you know like right. climate crisis <laughs> but um obviously they're talking about the climate crisis but it feels like these two things are those morally ambiguous things without. Yeah. The climate crisis has an answer. We know what's going to happen, and there's it like a side.
1: Fun. It's like easy, yeah, easy to
2: at least be like, we. This is going to be bad for all of us. Yes, there's and it's like, like, it's like um, keep fossil fuels anyone. in the ground. <laughs> like there's like there's like very finite things that we know. Yeah. Whereas these two things are like there's so much science coming out about them, and, and there's opinions. good that can come out of it. But yeah, I think because there's like there's like exponential good and exponential bad that could happen depending on decisions made now. Yeah. Whereas it feels like climate change, those decisions have already been well, made Well, there's nothing now. good coming
1: out of it, you know?
2: Well, no, there's progress. What do you mean? There's progress. I guess
1: like from because of climate change?
2: Oh, sorry. No, I mean I, see, like, I understand climate
1: change is the result oh, of right. like society. You I know what I mean? you're saying. Like Ex- when like,
2: Exxon found out about the climate crisis, it wasn't like, oh, actually it might be good. And they're like- Actually, they, they lied. They were like, oh, that will maybe be good for some reason. Like they're actually just lied. And I think it's not like people were
1: going, well, climate change cures us some diseases though. And so maybe we shouldn't get rid of it. I mean, there's like
2: crazy probably moments where people were like more CO2 means the sun's reflected more and that's good for skin cancer. Like I'm trying to think of like what could have been an argument in the nineties, but no, those are all, those are not real. (laughs) And I can't believe that the cop 28 was like,
1: Oh my God. Like hijacked by like oil companies. Yeah. it was also like, like make deals. Yeah. Mm. these cop things are a little it's stupid yeah i mean this is so embarrassing that that happened like if they ever thought they could have legitimacy and like now it's just like yeah you're a bunch of bougie rich people who like to like talk and speak up in the air about how you're changing the world but
2: it's it is that like it is that it is right like i'm like we went to that one pre-cop thing and like met a billionaire mm -hmm. and it was just like you're dumb yeah (laughs) like i remember talking to him and then like Oh everyone was like You need to talk to this guy It's gonna really help If you let him know About your opinions on." I like met him I was like You're the worst (laughs) And he truly was like I only did this Because I started having dinner With my grandkids And they were like Worried about the future Worried about the future I'm like So your whole You only care about Your You only care about Your grandkids And even then It's like You wrote a book And you're here to sell a book Yeah And the book was like Shit (laughs) It was like Not even bound properly It was like You're just bored Yeah and uh, you, like, invented mining. Like, oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, like, I was thinking about this week doing a Pop 28 recap. But I was like, I don't even know if I want to do that.
1: I think we can skip that because we only have really one episode left in this year. And it's got to be, like, be about Christmas and New it's Year It's got to be about
2: why the holidays actually suck. Is it? Is that what we're doing? Feel like well, we've that's done what that I want to do. Okay, well, we'll think about it. I feel like that's Wait, better. what? That's so, int- I need to know that don't we know that already well no I, I need to remind myself of that okay there might be new research for it we'll think about what it's seasonal vector mean. disorder when i looked into it they were like this cannot be confused with there was another name for something and it was the stress of the holiday <laughs> <laughs> it was saying seasonal affective disorder needs to be differentiated That's... from the sadness you feel when you have to go see your family <laughs> i was like whoa like i don't think they meant i don't think they meant no, like there's, like to your family, but there's so stuff. much stress yeah. like it is interesting when you talk to people you're like especially our friends with new kids like what are you doing? They're like, our next two weeks are just like booked with like yeah. shipping our event, kids around. Event, event.
1: And like having to spend money, buy gifts. Too. Yeah, like get like sick. Travel around, go to all these I places, think it's coordinate. Yeah.
2: Maybe the next, you'll hear next week will be about sickness in this time Ooh. of year because it's in the air, literally. Sick. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, thanks for listening. Um, this was a audio exclusive because yeah. <laughs> I forgot to hit record on the video camera, even though it's staring right at us. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace Bye. on Earth.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.